Blog Talk Radio. Tonight on All You Need to Know Radio, this is a very special edition of our show. As we go to air, another non-indictment for a white police officer killing an unarmed black man. A New York grand jury today decided not to indict white police officer Daniel Patello in the July chokehold death of Eric Gardner, an unarmed black man. New York, if you must protest, protest peacefully. Listen up, everyone. If the police approaches you out of your own safety, do not resist the police. Do not resist arrest. Obviously, never go for a police officer's gun. We will have the video of Eric Garner being taken down in a chokehold on our Facebook page. So make sure that you listen to it. Now to tonight's show. Enjoy it. It's a great one. Our hearts and souls go out to Michael Brown's family and Officer Wilson's family. This is All You Need to Know Radio. Blog Talk Radio. everybody welcome to all you need to know radio i am your host john and tonight we have a very special edition of our show and we are going to be talking about ferguson the decision in ferguson and how did it affect the nation the president of the united states actually weighed in on this is that the right way to go? We discuss it right now. Get ready, America, and everyone around the world. This is All You Need to Know Radio, and it starts right now.
right, everybody. Welcome to All You Need to Know Radio. I am your host, and tonight we have a very special edition, and we have two very special guests joining us. Everybody around the world, say hello to Courtney and Olga. Say hello, ladies. Hi. One at a time. Olga, say hello. Hi, John. Hi, okay, John. And, and then let's have Courtney say hello to everybody. Hi, John. It's Courtney. Uh, say hello to the world. I met you guys today. I know you. <laughs> <laughs> cool. All right, so let's get the show on the road. You're listening to All You Need to Know Radio, and tonight is a very special edition. We are talking about the decision in Ferguson, Missouri, and Olga, I believe, is from Ferguson, Missouri, or from Missouri. Is that right, Olga? Well, yes, John. Um, I lived in St. Louis for 10 years. Okay. Let's go ahead and let's get let's start this off. If you've been living under a rock, this is the prosecution or the prosecutor of Ferguson giving the news to the world, which is unprecedented in the legal profession, but here he is. The duty of the grand jury is to separate fact from fiction. After a full and impartial and critical examination of all the evidence in the law and decide if that evidence supported the filing of any criminal charges against Darren Wilson. They accepted and completed this monumental responsibility in a conscientious and expeditious manner. It is important to note here and say again that they are the only people, the only people who have heard and examined every witness and every piece of evidence. They discussed and debated the evidence among themselves before arriving at their collective decision. After their exhaustive review of the evidence, the grand jury deliberated over two days, making their final decision. They determined that no probable cause exists to file any charge against Officer Wilson and returned a no true bill on each of the five indictments. The physical and scientific evidence examined by the grand jury, combined with the witness statements supported and substantiated by that physical evidence, tells the accurate and tragic story of what happened. A very general now, guys, this is the story from the prosecutor uh, from Ferguson, Missouri. While this is hard to listen to, it is a must. Here he is. And the testimony of the witnesses called to the grand jury will be released at the conclusion of this statement. At approximately 11.45 a.m. on Saturday, the 9th of August, Ferguson Police Officer Darren Wilson was dispatched to the Northwinds apartment complex for an emergency involving a two-month-old infant having trouble breathing. At approximately 11.53, while still at the Northwinds call, Wilson heard a radio broadcast for a stealing in progress at a market on West Florissant. The, the broadcast also included a brief description of the suspect, a black male wearing a white T-shirt who took a box of Swisher cigars. Other officers were dispatched to that store. Officer Wilson remained with the mother and the infant until EMS arrived to transport them to the hospital. Officer Wilson then left Northwinds Complex in this Ferguson police vehicle, a Chevy Tahoe SUV, and drove west on Canfield towards West Florissant. 
An additional description of the stealing suspect was broadcast about that time. Wearing a red hat, yellow socks, khaki shorts, and he was with another male. As Officer Wilson was attending to his emergency call on Northwinds, Michael Brown and a companion were in the local convenience store on West Florissant. Michael Brown's activity in that story was recorded by the store's security cameras. The video, often played following its release in August by the Ferguson Police Department, shows Michael Brown grabbing a handful of cigarillos and heading toward the exit without paying. As Michael Brown and his companion left the store, someone inside the store called the police. After crossing West Florissant, the two walked east on Canfield in the middle of the street, Mr. Brown directly behind his companion. As Officer Wilson continued west on Canfield, he encountered Michael Brown and his companion still walking in the middle of the street. As Wilson slowed or stopped as he reached uh, Mr. Brown, if you're just joining us, this is All You Need to Know Radio. This is the prosecutor in the Ferguson, Missouri case. This is him discussing the grand jury testimony. Here he is. At approximately 12.02 p.m., Wilson radioed that he had two individuals on Canfield and needed assistance. Officer Wilson backed his vehicle at an angle, blocking their path and blocking the flow of traffic in both directions. Several cars approached from both east and west, but were unable to pass the police vehicle. An altercation took place at the car with Officer Wilson seated inside the vehicle and Mr. Brown standing at the driver's window. During the altercation, two shots were fired by Officer Wilson while still inside the vehicle. Mr. Brown ran east on Canfield and Officer Wilson gave chase. Near the corner of Canfield and Copper Creek, Mr. Brown stopped and turned back towards Officer Wilson. Officer Wilson also stopped. As Michael Brown moved toward Officer Wilson, several more shots were fired by the officer, and Michael Brown was fatally wounded. Within seconds of the final shot, the assist car arrived. Less than 90 seconds passed between Officer Wilson's first contact with Michael Brown and his companion and the arrival of that assist car. During the investigation, many eyewitnesses were interviewed by various media outlets. Several others chose not to talk to the media. Okay, you may have heard this is the Ferguson prosecutor discussing the case. You probably have heard hands up. Michael Brown had his hands up. The prosecutor addresses that right now. All previous statements of witnesses who testified before the grand jury were also presented to the grand jury, whether they were media interviews or whether they were interviews by the FBI or by the uh, county police department. The statements of all witnesses, civilian, law enforcement, and experts were challenged, of course, by other law enforcement, by the prosecutors, and by the grand jurors themselves. Common and highly effective method for of challenging a statement is to compare it to the previous statements of the witness for consistency and to compare it with the physical evidence. Physical evidence does not change because of public pressure or personal agenda. Physical evidence does not look away as events unfold, nor does it block out or add to memory. Physical evidence remains constant and as such is a solid foundation upon which cases are built. When statements changed, witnesses were confronted with the inconsistencies and conflicts between their statements and the physical evidence. Some witnesses admitted 
they didn't actually see the shooting or only saw a part of the shooting, or only repeating what they had heard on the street. Some others adjusted parts of their statements to fit the, the facts. Others stood by original statements, even though their statements were completely discredited by the physical evidence. Several witnesses described seeing an altercation in the car between Mr. Brown and Officer Wilson. It was described as tussling, wrestling, a tug of war, or just some movement. Several other witnesses described Mr. Brown as punching Officer Wilson while Mr. Brown was partially inside the vehicle. Many of the witnesses said they heard a gunshot while Mr. Brown was still partially inside the vehicle. At least one witness said that no part of Mr. Brown was ever inside the vehicle. All right, you are listening to All You Need to Know Radio. I am your host, John, and I have two special guests with me. Say hello, Courtney. Hi. Say hello, Olga, Olga. Hello, everybody. All right, so you are talking to the world. If you are just joining us, you are listening to the number one show, All You Need to Know Radio, heard exclusively on Blog Talk Radio. You can hear us every Wednesday night at 6 p.m., 619-638-8513. That is 639-638-8513. Also, make sure you follow us on Facebook, like over 34,000 people worldwide do at All You Need to Know Radio, and make sure you follow us on Twitter, which over the Thanksgiving holidays, thank you, everybody, we now have over 50,000-plus followers. Let's talk about this, guys. Olga, since you're from around that area, what are the first thoughts that you have in your mind about it? Well, John, let me just uh, first of all say, you know, of course, our condolences to Mark Brown's family. It's a terrible, tra- terrible tragedy, and you know, we all uh, we can only imagine how terrible his friends and family must feel. Um, you know, coming uh, from living in St. Louis for about ten years, I can tell you that. You know, there are a lot of issues in the city, and of course, the issue of race has always been very relevant and you know this particular occasion just made it so intense and just made it made so many people mad and it's it's just very sad to see uh you know the community to just be very cruel to each other right now you know so many people just are in the streets hating and that's something that should not be happening i think we should all be capable of dealing with this matter in a humane manner. Um, however, that's it just got to break your heart. That's just got to break your heart, doesn't it? To see people yeah, rioting really, in the streets. It really does, you know. Um, and at the same time, you know, I would also uh, have to ask why people in Ferguson would like to burn. You know, why do they burn their own town? That's to me, you know, uh, I can't understand that, uh, and I don't know, maybe, of course, it's for publicity to bring attention of media and the rest of the world. However, so many innocent people suffer from it, you know, both black and white. And so, to me, you know, I, I can't understand why. Absolutely. Courtney, what's your position on this? Well, John, I think people are just protest- protesting the wrong thing. I don't think that 
we should be or they should be protesting just to get one guy thrown in jail. I think what they should be protesting is the lack of video cameras on on-duty police officers. I mean, I think that would um, make an in- improvement to our country and go forward rather than burning our own town, burning our flags and being disrespectful. Absolutely. All right, ladies, let's take a listen to Officer Darren Wilson. This is the interview he did with ABC News following the, the prosecution's announcement. I had gone to open the door and get out of the car. And when I did so, I, as I opened the door, I said, hey, come here for a minute. And that's when he turned and said, what the f*** are you going to do about it? And slammed my door shut on me. Slammed the door shut? Yes. I used my door to try and push him back and yell at him to get back. And again, he just pushed the door shut and just stares at me. And as I look back at him, all of a sudden, punches start flying. He, he threw the first punch? Yes. He threw the first one and hit me in the uh, left side of my face. Because, you know, some of the witnesses have said that they saw you trying to pull him into the car. That would be against every training ever taught to any law enforcement officer. I don't know what or how many hit me after that. I just know there was a barrage of swinging and grabbing and pulling for about 10 seconds. And then what? I had reached out my window with my right hand to grab onto his forearm because I was going to try and move him back and get out of the car to where I'm no longer trapped. And when I felt it, I just felt the immense power that he had. I mean, the way I've described it is it was like a five-year-old holding on to Hulk Hogan. That's just how big this man was. Hulk Hogan? He was very large. Very powerful man. You're a pretty big guy. Yeah, I'm above average. So you try to grab him, but you feel that force. Yes. And then as I'm holding him, I see him coming back around with his left hand, and it's in the shape like this, and it comes in through the window and just a solid punch to the right side of my face. So you're still sitting there figuring out, how do I get out of this? Yes. I mean, the next thing was, how do I survive? Because I didn't know how if I... How do you survive? Yes, I didn't know if I'd be able to withstand another hit like that. Where's your gun at that point? I keep it on my right hip. Mm-hmm. I take it out, and I come up, I point it at him. And when I said it, I said, get back, or I'm going to shoot you. And then his response, immediately, he grabbed the top of my gun. And when he grabbed it, he said, you're too much of a to shoot me. And while he's doing that, I can feel his hand trying to come over my hand and get inside the trigger guard. And trying to All right, everybody, you're listening to All You Need to Know Radio. I'm your host, John, with two special guests, Olga and Courtney. This is Officer Darren Williams, Officer Darren Wilson, excuse me, he is the officer who shot Michael Brown after he attacked him. Here he is in his words. Mike goes off. That was the first time you'd ever used your gun, right? Yes, it was. In all your years as a police officer? Yes. And then what happens? He gets even angrier. His aggression, his face, the intensity just increases. And he comes back in at me again. I was looking at him. I was just like racket, expecting another hit, and I put my gun up and fired. Then I go to exit my car. And when I'm getting out, I use my walkie and I say, shots fired, send more cars. And I start chasing after Michael Brown. Why not stay in the car? He's running away. Because he's not, my job isn't to just sit and wait. You know, I have to see where this guy goes. So you felt it was your duty to give chase? Yes, it was. I mean, that's what we were trained to do. And he he runs out of the car, gets about 30 or 40 feet. You can now get out of the car. Mm -hmm. You start to follow him. And then he stops. He does stop. Why? When he stopped, he turned and faced me. And as he does that, his right hand immediately goes into his waistband. And his left hand is a fist at his side. And he starts charging me. What did you think when you saw that? I didn't know. I mean, my initial thought was, is there a weapon in there? Even though he hadn't pulled something out earlier when he was confronting you. It was still just the unknown. 
And again, we're taught, taught to let me see your hands. As you know, some of the eyewitnesses have said when at that moment he turned around, he turned around and put his hands up. That would be incorrect. Incorrect. No way? No way. So you say... All right, everybody. This is All You Need to Know Radio. I am your host, John, with Courtney and Olga. We are talking about the decision in Ferguson. It's pretty intense. Let's take a break, and as we go to break, this is our friend of the show, Mr. Ty Herndon, who just recently came out as the first country music artist, yay. Here he is with his number one hit, Living in a Moment. We'll be right back, everybody. Don't touch that dial. If you'd like to join this show and give us your opinion, did the grand jury make the right decision? 619-638-8513. Here's Ty. And when they carve my stone, all they need to ride on it is once lived a man who got all he ever wanted. Tell me something. Who could ask? When you look into their eyes, you know somebody is home. They're an animal that possesses great spiritual power not to be meddled with. Orange County Sheriff's Office. We need SO to respond for a dead person at SeaWorld. A whale has eaten one of the trainers. Silicone Hill is the one that went after her. Don is the senior trainer here at Shamu Stadium. She captured what it means to be a SeaWorld trainer, that it made me realize what happened to her really could have happened to anyone. I've been expecting somebody to be killed by a telecom. We weren't told much about it, other than it was trainer error. It didn't just happen. It's not a singular event. You have to go back to understand this. Speedboat herded them in, and they could just pick out the young ones. This is the worst thing that I've ever done. When Tillicum arrived at SeaWorld, he was twice as large as the next animal. We stored these whales in what we call a module, which was 20 feet across and 30 feet deep, and the lights were all turned out. Probably led to what I think is a psychosis. in captivity are all psychologically traumatized. It's not just telecom. If you were in a bathtub for 25 years, don't you think you'd get a little psychotic? Dawn would tell you that it was her mistake. They blamed her. It's just a bold-faced lie. I was just instructed to get rid of the day. The industry has a vested interest in spinning these. That sells a lot of Shamu dolls. It sells a lot of tickets at the gate. There's no record of an orca doing any harm in the wild. All right, everybody. That is Blackfish. Make sure you go and rent the movie. It is on Redbox. It is everywhere, guys. And it's a movie you must see because it is the treatment of wells. 
and it it will it will just touch your heart. And while we're talking about that, let's talk about friend to the show John Hargrove, who has a brand new book coming out, Beneath the Surface. You can pre-order it right now on Amazon. You can also pre-order it on Barnes and Noble. Make sure you get your copy. John Hargrove has a book tour coming to you somewhere soon. Stay tuned to his Facebook and Twitter. Also, we will be posting that information on our Facebook and Twitter. Now back to the show. If you brought me something priceless, I wouldn't ask too many questions. Where does this stuff come from? Free shows. Nobody moves a muscle until we search every tent here. Tear this place apart! This is Detective Bunch's badge. I'm shocked. This season on American Horror Story. I have a surprise for you. Something you've always wanted. It's a cloud. Your very own cloud. Richard Spencer, talent go. Hollywood? We're closed. There's no show today. I'm not a customer. I'm a fortune teller. I'm a full-blown hermaphrodite. Put that on your banner. What does that make you? man on earth. When I'm calling you... Nine! Stop! Halt! I thought you said you could sing. There are headliners. Does it matter that they're good? They have two heads. What about Doc? I've been a bad, bad girl. Which one of you believes that I had something to do with the disappearance of those girls? You never said anything about murder. Nobody cares what happens to a freak. everybody welcome back to all you need to know radio i am your host john and real quick let's give a shout out to luke country music superstar luke bryan who over the thanksgiving weekend had a family tragedy as his brother-in-law ben lee cheshire passed away on november 29th our Our hearts go out to Luke and his family. Luke has also canceled an appearance at CMT's Grammy Christmas due to this death. So our hearts go out to him. All right, let's get back to the show. You are listening to All You Need to Know Radio. If you'd like to join the show live, call 619-638-8513. That is 619-638-8513. Heard every Wednesday at 6 p.m., and you can only hear it 
exclusively on Blog Talk Radio. Make sure you follow us on Facebook at All You Need to Know Radio, Twitter, All Need Radio. We want to hear from you, America. Did the grand jury get it right? 619-638-8513, 619-638-8513. Olga will also be reading some text messages she has received from her friends. We'll be introducing her boyfriend, who is actually from Ferguson. So, America, you'll be meeting Tim. And Olga, say hello to everyone. Hello, everybody. And we also have Courtney. Say hello. Hi. All right, guys. Let's get back to this. This is a very emotional situation. And as we were discussing today, I'm going to ask you your opinions of the grand jury's verdict. Courtney, since you're not from Ferguson, you are from the Dallas-Fort Worth area, so I don't know how emotions are going to be attached to this not being from there, but I want to hear from you first. America is listening. Did they get it right? I think they did. I think that the police officer was doing his job. And um, being from Dallas, you know, I don't have direct connections to that. So what I hear in the news and what I take from it is this protesting, and that's what really catches my attention. And um, unfortunately, I think that those opinionated enough to speak out are just too thick-headed to compromise. I think they view compromise um, as a sign of weakness for some reason, and we end up with stuff like this. So I think that the police officer was doing his job. I think it's extremely unfortunate, and my heart goes out to that family who lost their son. And um, But he he was in the wrong, and I think it's just a very unfortunate situation. But I I agree with the, with the jury's decision. Well, and, you know, they say the apple doesn't fall very far from the tree. And real quick, let me – echo y'all's condolences to the Michael Brown family. Losing a child, I could just never fathom that. My brother has five kids, and I don't know what I would do as an uncle if something were to happen, let alone a father. But his stepfather stepped on a police car in the middle of these riots and yelled, burn this baby down. And to me, even though the Brown family was asking for peace and peaceful protest, this guy was still a part of the Brown family. He's wearing a a T-shirt that says, I am Michael Brown. And so I just think it sends the wrong message. When they start riding like that, it makes them look like animals in the street. When they start putting police cars on fire, who do they think this looting hurts? It hurts small businesses. It doesn't hurt the police chief. It doesn't hurt the police department in any way. All right, Hi. Olga, and we're going to put you. Okay, Courtney, did you want to say something else? I just think that violence doesn't solve violence, so there's no need for it. Very well said. That was very good. Applause. 
<laughs> Seriously, that that violence is never the answer. Guys, coming up on next week's show, the United States Supreme Court has a case before them right now that this guy sits in prison because of something he posted on Facebook. Don't miss it next Wednesday at 6 p.m. right here on All You Need to Know Radio. Olga, did the grand jury get it right? Well, let me tell you one thing. I know to a million people this is an issue of race. To me, it is not. To me, it is an issue of justice. You know, in this country, if you try to attack a police officer, trying to hurt him, you are a felon. And in Missouri, the law says police officer has a right to chase a felon and shot him in the back if he's running away. It is a law in Missouri. So, you know, unfortunately, you know, there are some people out there that do not respect the law. And to me, you know, Michael Brown chose to, you know, break the law. So there isn't really anything anybody can do. And, you know, I agree with Courtney. You know, officer was doing his job, and that's just what we all do in our society. We, you know, we do our jobs, hopefully, uh, every day, and hopefully, lawfully. And I have my boyfriend, Tim, who has a little bit of a different opinion, so if you would like to hear him speak, we can definitely put him on as well. Yeah, just have him call into the show, or are you going to connect him on your phone? Yeah, he's ready right now, John. All right. Well, introduce him to the world. Hey, John, this is Tim, August boyfriend. Hi, Tim. Welcome to All You Need to Know Radio. So, say hello to Courtney. Hey, Courtney, how you doing? I think we met earlier. Say hello to the world. Hello, Tim. All right, Hi, Tim, you you're from Ferguson. Did the grand jury get it right? Well, I'm, I'm actually from pretty close to there, and I, I just want to address a couple of things that's been said already. Okay, no, number All one. All right, let's hear it. I was I was actually down there at the Ferguson riots on Monday night with my brother. Olga knows. She's pretty angry about it. But we had to go down there and see what was going on. And it was exactly what you expect. You know, I don't know what I was expecting, but it was a lot of, you know, people just partying, you know, doing a lot of looting, okay? But the fact of the matter is, like, let's be honest. If people weren't rioting down there and if there wasn't violence, there's a good chance we might not even be talking about this right now, you know? Well, that's a possibility. I mean, but I think the reason that it's even news, and I'm going to get a lot of, hold your tweets, hold your damn emails, it's because a white cop shot a black man, and that's just the bottom line. That's right. I what agree. I mean, to say it's anything other than it, it it is a race thing for sure. I mean, it, you're right. I mean, I mean, August right. It is kind of a this guy was a douche and he was being a you know jerk to the cop. But let's be honest, it is a race thing. There are three percent of the police force in Ferguson. Three percent is black, and sixty percent of the population in Ferguson. And that's wrong. I mean. 
It shouldn't be that. No, right. Yeah, I I agree. I mean, it's it's outrageous, you know. So let's be honest. Let's. I mean, if we're gonna have an honest discussion about it, it's absolutely absolutely. Right. Let's hear it. Well, so anyway, and so the second thing is okay. I mean, the thing that kills me about this is this big grand jury thing. You said it yourself. The first time a prosecutor ever announced a decision, and he has to sit there and qualify all his statements and, and like, say, you know, all this stuff in the press conference. I mean, what's the deal here? I mean, if this is really an open-and-shut case, let's just get on with it like a regular grand jury. You know what I mean? And the other thing, this thing about well, Darren Well, you said that. Let me address that because you brought up a really good point. Normal grand juries are what, Tim? Short and sweet, baby. They're secret. You never know what is addressed in the grand jury. Ever. So he already succumbed to public pressure. Yeah, and, I mean, that, that, that is just, I mean... I understand that people would be rioting if they didn't see, well, you know, more so, I guess. But if they didn't see what was going on in the grand jury, you know, I kind of understand releasing all the evidence. I get all that. But, like, I mean, what is going on with this guy announcing it? Like, he, everybody knows. But, what the but, but hold on be. a second. Why do you think that's right? I don't. So, I don't understand why this case should have been treated any differently this is our justice system. Our justice system doesn't say just because the public is not going to get what they want that we back off our justice system. That's not what it says. I mean, that's kind of, that's I mean, that's kind of an attitude where you're like, well, it's totally ignoring the facts. I mean, this is a national case, you know, and like it's been international even. Exactly. I think it's would be kind of fair to release it, and and and, and what's I, I guess I don't understand the logic of keeping everything all grand jury things a secret. You know, I mean, because it's the law. Why, it's why, the law. Why, why not, everybody? Well, let's. I mean, I guess, and you and I, I guess, let's go to Capitol Hill, Jim, and let's change the damn law. Hey, I agree. I agree. Well, I, I'm also well, transparent. You, you actually went to Ferguson because you just wanted to see what was going on. That's right. That's right. My brother actually knew the bar owner that owns a bar at West Florissant and Chambers. All right, give that bar a shout out. What's the name of the bar? Uh, The Delwood Lounge, actually. Go down there. It's a a terrible dive. What's your brother's name? Give your brother a shout out. uh, Kevin Slattery. He's up there in North County. He might be listening right now. If you are, Kevin, God bless you. All right, Kevin. Be safe. You drug your brother into a riot. <laughs> I, I absolutely. <laughs> well, at, to be fair, at the time it wasn't quite a riot. It wasn't to the riot stage. It was more of an, a, a lively protest at that point. Okay, real quick, Courtney, what do you think? Yes. Do you think grand jury testimony should be secret, or do you think do you like the fact the guy made it public with everything? Do you agree with Tim? Um, I think we have that law was set in place for a reason. Um, definitely wasn't a uh, law major, um, so or a political science major. So 
you know, my intelligence level on this is not very deep of medicine, but um, <laughs> I just I think well, the law is there. We've had it for this go long. Ahead, so I think. Well, this is this is the reason that it is that is secret. It's because grand jurors could not sit on judgment of such defining cases in this nation if they had to worry about their safety. And let's be honest, when you're sitting in front of someone, eventually if it's always released, your names are going to get out, and you will not be able to live a normal life. I mean, if there were great extents that, that happened and security beyond anything you can imagine more than the President of the United States uh, to keep these grand juror names secret. So that's the reason the norm is to to keep everything secret, because if they didn't, people would be hard-pressed to make a guilty decision about to indict someone for first-degree murder. And then they're worried about their life and their family's life because somebody finds out they handed down an indictment that put their friend or family member in prison. Jim, what do you say? Yeah, I mean, I all right, I I understand that, but you know, and they, and they they kept the juror's name secret. I mean, I say why not see some of the evidence? I think you kind of have to admit that this is a national case and people want to see. What's going on in there? It's just the thing that really just is annoying to me is a that guy, the prosecutor announcing it like a giant, you know, you know, all the precursors and saying all this stuff. We all get the story, dude. We get it. And then b this Darren Wilson interview on ABC News is just a come on. It's like it's like I was back in high school and he was describing a fight. Is that what America really needs? You know, I mean, just to get Darren Wilson's side of it, it's it's just it's so tacky to me. Tim, I love your passion. I see why Olga's with you. Okay, so Thank let's you, let's move on from this. Go ahead. What were you say? I said thank you very much. You're probably the only person in the world who does. But go on. <laughs> All right. The president of the United States is weighing in on this. Guys, do you think a political president that was put there by the people should be addressing the nation and getting involved in something before his Department of Justice has even completed their investigation? Courtney, what do you think? John, you hit me with all these hard questions. I think I think I'm going to the race card. I think it, it. I don't think the president should say anything, whether he's white, black, purple, brown. But it's a huge deal since this case is so much about race because he is African American, and I think that's like weighing in heavily on it. So I think it's wrong. Well, some people at Fox News <laughs> think he's Kenya, from Kenya. <laughs> no, that's just a little humor into this. But the thing is, is that I, I don't mean to throw a hard question at you, but it is about race. The fact is, he is a 
the very first sitting black president of the United States of America. This is the second time involving a black teenager that he has stepped forward on the public stage. So you're saying he shouldn't? Yes, I don't think he should. Tim, same question to you and Olga. He is going to for the African-American kids. Why isn't he for the Caucasian and the Indian and the Asian? <laughs> you know, it's just too much. He doesn't need. He has other things he needs to worry about, like our gas prices. Our gas prices are not that bad right now. <laughs> That's true. That's true. <laughs> so please, don't say bad things about our gas prices. <laughs> we, want, we definitely want to make sure. John, we definitely want to make sure our gas station stays Gas process stay down. Go ahead, Olga. If I may, um, here's what I think. You know, he is the president of the United States. It doesn't matter if he's white, if he's black. The Michael Brown's case turned out to be a national, you know, very well-known, really international issue. And as you know, as the president of the United States, you know, it was his duty to come out and comment on it, uh, to try to be um, a diplomat about the issue because, you know, that's his main job is to, is to be, you know, try to be as diplomatic as possible no matter what conflict, domestic or international, is going on. And so, you know, he had to come out and at least comment on it at the time when the jury's uh, decision came out. You know, um, it's for me, I, I was watching, uh, you know, just like everybody else, we were watching as it, it was happening, and, you know, we can all remember how when, while he was, you know, pleading and asking you know, Americans to, you know, take this seriously and not go out in the streets and, and loot, people were literally you know, trying to, uh, you know, burn buildings and go out there looting at the same time as he was speaking. So that just shows us that not a lot of people really care whether or not he is saying anything. But I believe, you know, the fact that he came out and speak about it, that was just part of his job, really. I mean, if he didn't speak on the matter of Ferguson while it was happening, it was such a, you know, um, important um, issue and such an uh, important thing that's uh, going on, if he didn't comment on it, that would have been just wrong and just really weird because he is a president. Absolutely. Okay, so have Tim ready to give me his opinion. Let me tell you guys what I think. What I think is that in the United States of America, if you challenge a police officer and you try to take away his gun and you do not immediately surrender, you stand the chance of being killed. You do not challenge a police officer, period. Could he have done things differently based off of what his story is? And because, let's, let's be frank here, guys. The guy that started the national conversation of hands up is a bad guy. He has a warrant out for his arrest right now. Let's not forget, he was the guy with Michael Brown walking in the middle of the street after they both just committed a strong-armed robbery 
and you've all seen that video. That was not a nice video. And the simple fact, if he would have just stepped onto the sidewalk, none of this probably would have happened. But the fact is, he was feeling guilty because... Oh, oh, let me get back to my, my point. When he says his hands were up, it was proven in the grand jury. No other show is saying it, so everybody listen up. He's a liar. He was not telling the truth. He was discredited by six different credible witnesses. Therefore, his testimony doesn't mean anything. So everybody that goes around putting their hands up, including the Baltimore Ravens, which should be ashamed of themselves, walking out onto a national field and wearing a uniform that they do not own, I think they all should be fired. At minimal, they should be fined at least 10% of their salary, and they should apologize to America. Because if they want to have a personal belief about this case, let them have it. But to step on a national field with their hands up and not being smart enough to see the guy is a liar that is saying Michael Brown had his hands up when you have an officer that was scared for his life because this guy was trying to take his gun away from him, had already hit him at least a few times. There's just no excuse. So you guys at the Baltimore Ravens, shame on you. We'll be addressing. Keep your Twitters and emails. I don't want them, guys. This right here is my personal opinion, and I see I'm already coming across. I'm not responding to them. This is my opinion. The Baltimore Ravens guys were dead wrong when they stepped on the stage, on a national stage, on a football stadium, and they did their personal belief. If you want to do your personal belief, go on your personal social media pages and put your opinion. Don't walk onto a national stage, national stage, which you work for a company. It's called the Baltimore Ravens. They pay you millions of dollars to play football, not make political statements. Hey, John, to Michael John, Brown's family. I would like to say I'm very sorry that your son lost his life and my heart goes out to your family and I hope that something is learned from this. But the thing is, it's just sad. Go ahead, Tim. John, I got a question. How do you feel about Tim Tebowing? I mean, that's kind of a personal belief. I didn't think it was right. I mean, that's personal belief on national stage. It is. But think about these are these are these are football players that are trying to make a personal statement on a national tragedy and it's not their place. At least in my opinion. You know, John, um this is actually very interesting because this is something that Tim and I disagree on uh, big time. 
You know, I agree Good. with you when, when when you say, you know, the officer Wilson was just protecting his life, and I can only imagine how scared he was. Um, Tim thinks that he is actually a very bad uh, police officer, and he should have used a different method. And let me let me uh, pass it on to Tim so he can maybe explain a little bit better. Just let me clarify my position. Well, Thanks. but hold oh, on yeah. one second, Tim. Let, let me ask you a question. Have you ever been a police officer? I am not judging police officers. I am not. Okay. I am absolutely not. Because their job is one of the hardest jobs in the world. God damn right, and God bless them, too, for real, okay? What I said was, okay, was Darren Wilson legally in his right to do that? Absolutely. Was he wrong in doing it? I don't think he was wrong. My point was, what is he a good cop and was he a good person? Debatable, debatable. Do you know him personally? Listen, I'll let me let me tell you something. Okay. Okay. Growing up in North St. Louis County, I lived there till I was 14 years old. Okay, and I went, I saw a lot of racial stuff going on there. I grew up. My elementary school was 90% white, then. My junior high was 90% black. I've seen both sides of it, all right? And what I've seen from a lot of people in authority, they treat subordinates very differently on both sides, okay? And I'm not saying this is what happened, but from the accounts I've heard, some of them, it sounds like when, when those guys weren't listening to Officer Wilson, you know, they were probably giving them some lip, some attitude. But the deal is, you're a police officer, okay? You know, I think a little bit more is expected to keep your temper. I'm not, you know what I'm saying? Like, and as far as, like, so the you, deadly so you force think he thing, lost his temper? So you think he lost I, his temper, Tim? I, I absolutely did. I absolutely do. And I don't think he, I don't think he lost it, you know, at the second he shot him, I think he lost it when he got his, the door slammed into his car, and I don't blame him. I absolutely would have done it too. But, I, I mean, can we agree that there could have been, like, a more peaceful way out of this, you know? I'm not saying it was wrong to shoot him and kill him, you know? Well, considering the, the circumstances that I've heard, I don't see a bad cop in this situation. I see a cop that he was scared. I mean, this guy, Michael Brown, if you look at his statistics, he was 6'6". He was huge. In fact, Officer Wilson's statement is he's a baby Huey. That's a big kid. And you already had this kid as an officer that has gotten the best of you and in front of another person is challenging you. You only have one alternative as a peace officer, and that is to tell them to get on the ground. And if they don't, and he pushes him back in the car, and then he reaches in the car and goes for the guy's gun, I don't know. I don't know how that could be, turn out peaceful. The thing that sits wrong, wrong with me, 
was the thing that just, I mean, just doesn't just feel right is he was 30 feet away from the cop car. You know what I'm saying? I mean, Michael Brown took off running by Darren Wilson's own account, and I understand he wants to run after him. It's his job. I understand that. But when Michael Brown turns around and he gets shot 30 feet away, you're not telling me there's another option there? Maybe swallow your pride, run away a little bit, or do something. I mean, 30 feet is a long – and I understand, you know, I understand. That's why I'm saying he's not in the wrong, okay? But that's what doesn't sit right with me. 30 feet is a long way away. My problem is after 30 feet away and you're telling someone to get on the ground, and by his account, he's charging the officer. And let me tell you where the guys, the officer, Officer Wilson, is a bad officer, is he fired so many damn shots at him. He missed him so many times. I mean, all the police officers I know, and I've dated police officers, and I know they're shot center ma- they're taught to shoot center mass, and they're shot to shoot twice, not once. And they're not taught to wound you. They are well, shot if they ta- they are taught if they take out their gun and you don't obey their orders, they legally have the right to kill you. And I don't think that's wrong. Well, but, I mean, let's just be honest. I mean, of course we could all sh- probably hit a target 30 feet away, but, like, when you're sitting he there shaking. He still missed him, like, four times. He missed I him mean, four times 30 feet, feet away. I mean, you're, you're, you're shaking, you know, you're pissed off. This guy just threw you in, his, in your car. And, you know, they even have uh, shooting competitions where they hold up a siren to your ear. And, you know, I've talked to guys. I'm going to give you another thought in your mind. You keep saying angry. I'm telling you, I think he was scared. I think he's shaking because he's scared. I don't think he's angry. I, I, I think when, when you tell somebody to do something and you try and get out of your car and you get thrown back into your car, I think anybody's angry there. Well, now, did he get his ass kicked? He did. And who wouldn't be angry, you know, especially when you've been getting punched in your car? He's angry. You don't think he's scared? Could he be both? I think think he's scared and angry. But I think the point is emotions are running high, okay? And when you have – he's, you know – all I'm saying is he's scared, he's angry, but he's a police officer trained to deal with the public. And when so- an unarmed guy gets shot 30 feet away, that's just something that doesn't sit right with me. I just An unarmed guy that has punched you in the face and has gone for your firearm and has repeatedly been told to get on the ground and he ignores his request. Actually, let's say he ignores his demand. I'm sorry, he gets what he gets. See, I think, John, that's why I thought it was important to bring Tim to the conversation because 
I absolutely see a point. I think he has a different perspective because he grew up in that part of St. Louis and because he has seen a lot of discrimination and like he had mentioned both, you know, both ways. So I think I think it's an interesting perspective and you know him and I we we've had this uh this argument for a while and um you know I always win but I I thought it'd be interesting to bring him <laughs> Courtney, what's yes. your thought on this? To be honest, I'm still hung up on the fact that we were bashing the Baltimore Raven name, and it was the St. Louis Rams. Thank you for re- correcting me. I got very emotional, and thank you. You're <laughs> right. Welcome. <laughs> okay, so I take all of that back. A huge apology to the Rams. <laughs> the Rams. And the, yes. <laughs> Courtney, okay. make my apologies, please. I'm still screwing this up. I'm really still trying to think about what Tim was saying. Well, we're, we're sorry, Baltimore Ravens. They'll get over it. Thank you very much. You're welcome. But what do you what do you think? Do you think the fact that he was unarmed matters once he attacks the police officer? No, um, he was in the wrong, I mean, all aspects. And from from the police officer's point of view, he turned around. I mean, when you're running from something, you're running. You want to get out of there as fast as you can. Um, the only reason why you would stop and turn around is to shoot or protect yourself. So I think, I mean, the officer was scared, yes, so he, he may have reacted too soon, but I think he was just trying to protect himself and doing what he was taught. So... Um, I don't think he's in the wrong at all. All right, everybody, real quick. If you're just joining us, this is All You Need to Know Radio, heard exclusively on Blog Talk Radio. I am your host, John. My normal co-host, Robin, is off for the holidays. She will be back next week. Taking a special, very guest co-host, two beautiful ladies, that I had the pleasure of of meeting finally today. One is Courtney. Say hello, Courtney. Hello. And the beautiful Olga. Say hello, Olga. Yes, John, thank you. And her boyfriend, Tim, is also giving his opinion. Real quick, let's give a shout-out to Nicholas, which was there with us today. Real quick, let's tell everybody, we shot a top-secret commercial today at AT AT&T Stadium. Stay tuned. We're going to talk a little bit about that and the experience. Once again, you're listening to All You Need to Know Radio. If you want to give us your opinion, 619-638-8513. Olga, do you have some text messages you want to read our audience? Uh, sure. Um, well, you know, for the most part, I'll give you a couple minutes. um, I'll give you a couple minutes. Guys, make sure you follow us on Facebook at All You Need to Know Radio. Once again, we want to tell you how grateful we are and humbled that over 34,000 people worldwide are following us on Facebook and on Twitter, All Need Radio. You guys have hit over 50,000 followers. That on social media gives All You Need to Know Radio 
the power of almost 100,000 people. And by the next time we go on the air, next Wednesday, guys, we'll be there. Make sure you tell your friends and family about us. Tonight, this is a very special edition of All You Need to Know Radio. We are talking about the Ferguson decision, the grand jury, not secret this time, refuses to indict Officer Darren Wilson after Officer Wilson shooting an unarmed black teen several times. They say, no way, we're not prosecuting you. The evidence is not there. Olga has some friends that have some opinions. Let's hear it. Yes, John. Well, you know, um, I am not sure if you heard. I'm sure you have, actually, about terrible um, murder that occurred in St. Louis over uh, last Sunday night, and it was of a Bosnian man who was, uh, you know, who just recently moved to St. Louis, and St. Louis has the largest Bosnian population in the country. And this gentleman was just sitting in his car, in the, you know, it was around 11 p.m., and uh, four individuals, teenagers, uh, came and attacked him, and they literally hammered him to death. They they killed him with their hammers. I mean, how terrible. You can only imagine. It's some kind of a horror movie uh, scenario. And so... When I mentioned, you know, this program, this uh, show tonight to my friends in St. Louis, they brought up that um, that, uh, that case because, you know, I, it's very fresh on everybody's minds. Of course, one of my best friends in St. Louis is Bosnian, you know, and she's very upset. And, you know, uh, they're wondering how come, you know, this case isn't, uh, you know, bringing national attention and, you know, is it a hate crime? That's the biggest question. So my friends from earlier were asking me questions and texting, you know, why is, why are we not labeling this as a hate crime, you know? Okay, Olga, hold that thought. Hold that thought. We need to take a quick break. This is country music superstar Keith Urban, cop car, ironically. We're going to take a quick break. And when we come back, Olga will continue to tell us about a horrendous murder because of the Ferguson decision. This is All You Need to Know Radio. I'm John. Don't touch that dial. We'll be right back.
just got very exciting. You bumped up Amy's life insurance to one point two million. Because she told me to. Where's your wife? You need to tell me. You asking me if I killed my wife? Rated R. That's gone. I finally realized I am frightened of my own husband. I would draw you. Gone Girl, go and see it at a movie theater while you can. It's about to be out of the movie theaters on DVD. Here is the number one movie in the world, Hunger Games. No one else can do this but her. She won't be able to handle it. The games destroyed her. Let her see what the Capitol did to District 12. Radio. This is a very special edition of our show tonight. We are talking about the decision in Ferguson. How do people of Ferguson react? They burn a police car. They take them to the streets. And they destroy businesses. How does that hurt the police department? Now, in a horrible train of events, This guy's beaten to death by a mob of animals in Ferguson. We have two special guests with us tonight. Courtney, say hello. Hi. And we have Olga, say hello. How are you, John? All right. And now, Olga, finish your horrible story. When you told me about this today... I surprisingly have not heard this. Exactly. And as, a, as you know, I've been with you all day <laughs> with my phone dead most of the day. <laughs> so I've not been able to do any research on this. So the well, world and, is um, listening. Right, exactly. But my point is not even that. I mean, you know, why would you even have to do any research, you know? Let's make it another, uh, you know, national, worldwide case. But nobody's going to. That's another thing, you know. Why? Why is that? Because he was Bosnian, you know, because he was an immigrant? Probably, you know. Let's, let's, let's 
touch on this issue. You know, people are not going to care as much about him, and that's just the bottom line, you know, and it's sad. It's absolutely – I mean, that guy was – the only thing he did, he was literally just sitting in his car, and people attack him. So we have two issues here. You know, we have xenophobia. You know, I'm not sure if they even knew – he was, you know, he was an American. They probably didn't. He was white. They were probably just punishing him because he was white. So that's an issue. Then, you, you know, you have, you know, people riding out there and punishing this random people, random white people. How long is it going to last? You know, that's the question we have to ask. And, you know, when you talk about the Ferguson police, they, they're not really necessarily punishing them um, in terms of, you know, uh, you know, damaging their properties or injuring themselves, but now they have this huge responsibility to protect all these innocent people that, you know, under attack. Well, let me tell you what I, my producer just pulled up on on my system. Zamir Bijak, a 32-year-old man. Oh, this is just so sad even reading it. Who immigrated from the war-torn Bosnia almost two decades ago in search for a a better life was bludgeoned to death Sunday, allegedly by a group of hammer-welding teenagers, one of whom has been charged as an adult. Bigot was driving with his fiancée and a male passenger at 1.15 a.m. Sunday in St. Louis when five teenagers began pounding his vehicle with a hammer, according to police. When Bogzik confronted them, he was struck in the mouth, the face, the head, and the body with, with hammers repeatedly, and he died at a nearby hospital. Now, why is this not national news? Exactly. The one thing that St. Louis community is trying to get done with this is they want this charged as a hate crime but it's being met with skepticism tell us Olga what's going on well John I think the number one question is deep deep you know those animals knew he was Bosnian they probably didn't you know if they did then yes absolutely it was a hate crime right but I don't think I think for them it was just you know, they just needed to injure somebody. They just—they were just on this, you know, terrible journey of, you know, you know, a crime and, and, well, and I'm gonna revenge. Be, I'm going to be honest. If I look at this guy, by the way, he's a good-looking guy. Fiance is a beautiful woman. I would not know he was not from this country. So I think. So these black people, save your emails, guys. Save your tweets. But I think they attacked him because they thought he was a white guy. And I think exactly. it was revenge for the Ferguson verdict. I agree. I agree, and I, I'm sure many, many people in St. Louis agree as well. I think. Courtney, what do you think? I think America is just so desensitized when we don't see something that escalates into a murder or mass shootings or the Twin Towers falling down. We're just not interested. doesn't hold our interest. You, have, you, have you seen this? Are you aware of this story? 
Yes. Have you seen pictures of the guy? No, I haven't. I don't think I want to. Well, no, it's not. It's not from the crime scene. He's a good-looking guy. And Olga, he looks white. He looks Caucasian, doesn't he? He does. Absolutely. So I think that's why the murderous teens, and it goes back to the parents, I think they all should be charged as adults. And I think they all should get the death penalty. Does either Olga or Tim know if Ferguson has the death penalty? I think that's at the Missouri state level. I don't. So do you, do you think Adam, they do? We, we, can look, we can look it up. It's just sad. The guy is just protecting the love of his life. And these teenagers that are a bunch of thugs and have nothing better to do, kill this guy for no reason. Exactly. It's just unfucking believable it's my radio show, I can say that. That angers me. But again, they, they see my point, on, and barely anybody knows. Well, so far, but not after this show. And, we, you know, there, there are a few, you know, several dozen Bosnians that came out and they protested very peacefully, you know, South City, St. Louis. They blocked the road, and, you know, they just, they just tried to voice their opinions and their voices. And they're sorrowed, but again, you know, who is going to listen? And, you know, of course they're not going to do and go all these insane ways to draw attention to themselves, like burn businesses and stores. That's not going to happen. So this story is most likely die within a week. Courtney. I think if we bring- why do, you think that, why do you think they're burning the businesses? How do you think that? How do you think that helps things? It, it doesn't, and I think in this situation, if we're bringing up the race card and playing that, then we're no better than them. I just I don't think that the whole race thing should even matter. That's a good point. I think that the whole the racist thing goes both ways, and so I think we, it should just be left out. There's just really no point to it. But that's just my opinion. Well, and I appreciate your opinion, but the sad thing is that's just not reality. I mean, these guys killed this guy for no reason. They didn't know him. All the guy was trying to do is protect his fiancée. Imagine if you're driving down the road and these teenagers attack your car. First of all, they shouldn't have been driving. But anyway, that's another thing. Has anyone, I don't, I think that there is a death penalty in Missouri. That's what I've been able to find. And I think that Tim is right. It's It's a capital punishment in Ohio is what it is. Is that what you were saying, Tim? Tim there? Yeah, I think it's it's not a, a county thing. It's on the state level. I, and I don't I don't know. I don't think Missouri has it. Are you for the death penalty? Hell yeah. You think this case deserves the death penalty? I I don't know. 
I believe so. And, you know, if either the teenagers, that's just going to save their lives right there. Although it did not save the life of the Bosnian man who did not nothing wrong. Courtney, do you believe in the death penalty? Oh, I'm going to be brutally honest and say that I think that's the easy way out. I think if someone decides to take someone else's life, then they deserve to rot behind bars. Okay. So, I don't agree. For with me, that. for me, the death penalty. I could only vote for it if the crime was so egregious, and there was no thought for human life. Then hell yeah, I could vote for it. John, okay. actually, as a matter of fact, I have a text in front of me of my Bosnian friend from St. Louis, who commented, um, and she said. Let me just say, those four deserve to fry in the electric chair, but that's just my version of the death penalty. What's this your friend's name? Bosnian girl who lives in South St. Louis. Okay. I really like the fact that Courtney brought up the fact that we're playing the race car, or, or me, because I'm the one that said it. And it's really making me think about what I was saying, because I don't want to be considered a racist, and I like to think that I'm a very open-minded person, but man, you can only take so much hate in this world, and that's where we are in today's society, is that people hate each other for no reason, and it's sad. It is a sad part of life. All right, so let's move forward. And first of all, I want to say that my all of our hearts here at All You Need to Know Radio go out to this guy and his family and his would-be wife. It's just heartbreaking. Courtney, what can we do in Ferguson to make to make sure we don't have Tim upset with an officer that he lost his temper. Do you think a camera would change that? Absolutely. I think that once, once, I mean, think about walking around with a camera on you the whole day. I mean, That's you're going to say... <laughs> I'm just making a joke. Go ahead. What you're doing with a camera on 24 hours, but a police officer... Um, I mean, okay. that you would face about every move you make, and I think that would, I mean, that would save lives, in my opinion. Awesome. Olga, what do you think? Would cameras well, on police think, officers help? Yeah, and it would absolutely change, you know, people on the other side of you, If you were able to... If you were able to look at a video transmission from Officer Wilson's chest showing you every single move this unarmed teenager made would it change your opinion of what's going on or what oh, had happened I, I don't doubt it would change everyone's opinion no so yours and the great the great thing about body cameras is it not only changes the officer's behavior but it changes the citizen's behavior too if they knew they were getting 
Yeah. That's why I think it might be a good thing that the president's getting involved. Maybe he can. I mean, we can only hope. Who knows? But well, I'll I tell want you a wall right now. His body cam was on every every cop. That's for sure. Say that again. Body cameras on every cop should be a law this month before Congress goes on holiday. That's what I say. All right, well, that's asking a lot. That's asking Congress to actually do something. No, uh, but the thing is, is that I agree with you about, I think I've heard unofficially <laughs> that President Obama's Department of Justice is going to come back. And the Department of Justice never passes laws. They make recommendations. And if you don't adhere to those recommendations, then you deal with the largest law firm in the world coming down on you like a ton of bricks that has access to more money than you can ever think of. So that's what I think. What do you think, Tim? I think so. I hope they come back and say, I mean, how much does a GoPro cost? You know, 200 bucks? Tell them to sell some of their tanks that they bought for crowd control. Courtney, you think this is a good thing, right? I'm all for the cameras. Do you agree with Tim in that it will change the public's, the way that they act and the way the officer acts? I mean, there's always going to be good cop, bad cop, but I think that it will limit the bad decisions that some cops make, especially the one the other day that pulled me over and said I was doing 92 and I was not doing 92. I think he would have thought twice about giving me that speeding ticket if he would have had a camera on him. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Olga, what do you think? Yes, you camera? Know, John, it, it's, I, I agree, but, you know, it's funny. Um, I always compare everything to you know, international affairs. In this case, uh, what comes to mind is, um, you know, Russians have cameras on their regular cars. You know, they drive around and they have these cameras. That's how the world knows about, uh, you know, Russian uh, dash cams because, you know, people make fun of them, but that's why they started because there was so, there was so much fraud going on. People would just literally throw themselves under the cars to, for insurance purposes to gain those, that money. And so why not, if Russians can do it, Americans can definitely do it. So let's, let's have every single police officer out there have that camera on, on, on his or her chest and see what happens out there. You know, they will, they will not have um, those questions, hopefully, anymore. And we will, we will know exactly what's going on. We will know who is a corrupt cop, who is a good cop. You know, who's a bad guy, who's a good guy, and hopefully, you know, we'll finally get a little bit more peace in this country. You know, we all deserve it. And, you know, we all, we all, uh, all we want is, you know, push to happen. Very true. So, guys, today we were at the AT&T Stadium. So, who wants to tell the world what we were doing? Courtney? Are we even allowed, John? I don't know if it's. A lot, a lot to do that. Okay. We can tell you we were at the AT&T Stadium shooting a commercial. We will not tell you who we were shooting the commercial for, but I will tell you I think it's a Super Bowl commercial. I just want to know, do you think it is? 
Courtney. Hope so. Do you think it is? I think it's a Super Bowl commercial. Do you think it is? Certainly. Olga. I, you know, John, when you when you brought this up earlier tonight, I was very excited to hear it, and I am still very excited to believe so. I really hope so. Let's hope so. It'd be awesome. <laughs> well, I had a blast doing it. It was one of the very first times of doing anything like that. All right, guys. We are out of time. We want to thank you for joining us on this special edition of All You Need to Know Radio. The Ferguson decision, and Mr. Martinez, I got your email. Yes, I have a heart to answer your question. I'm not responding to any other emails or or, uh, tweets. Make sure you join us next Wednesday night. The U.S. Supreme Court is hearing a case. Does Facebook post? Are they protected speech? Maybe Courtney and Olga will join us again. Guys, thank you so much for joining us. Say good night, Courtney. Thank you. Good night. Olga, say good night. Good night. All right, guys. I am John, your host. Make sure you follow us on Facebook and Twitter. Facebook is all you need to know radio. Twitter is all need radio. Let's hit that 100,000 mark. I have faith in you. Until then, ask yourself this question. What have you done today to make yourself proud? Good night, everybody.